glad that you're tuning in to another episode of Is This Actually Healthy? As always, this is your host, Juliana. And again, I am not alone on the show today. I have brought on another guest, and we're going to have an amazing discussion, primarily about a topic we have not covered yet over the course of the show. We're going to talk all about organic foods. I know many of you might not even know what organic really is, since I'm not an expert in the subject myself. I brought on someone who is. I've brought on today Hope Pedraza. She has her own podcast called Hopeful and Wholesome, and she also does it all. She has a background doing functional nutrition, personal trainer, Pilates instructor. I I don't know where she's found all the time to do all this, but I'm going to let her introduce herself better Mm -hmm. and what has brought her into the fitness world. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Juliana. I appreciate you having me on. Um, so yeah, like you said, I am um, I'm in I like to dabble in a little bit of everything. So I'm I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Um, I specialize in gut health, and then I'm also a Pilates instructor, and I'm the founder of Inbalance, which is a Pilates-based fitness studio. And um, yeah, I just like to do a little bit of everything. My, my background is in dance. And so that's kind of what got me into Pilates and put me on the path to opening my studio and kind of getting into the fitness realm. And then nutrition was just kind of something that I've always been interested in nutrition. Just I just love how the human body works. I've always been interested, but nutrition and functional nutrition and all being a nutritionist just kind of fell into place as I was, um, you know, evolving my studio into being able to offer you know, additional support for my members. And then eventually just grew into my, the, the online business I have now being able to you know, scale that way and serve more people with my nutrition business. If I can cut in here now, at what age would you say you got interested in all of this or when did the passion really take off to pursue all these interests? Yeah. So, so I started dancing when, when I was three years old. So that was like, I mean, my life has been just movement and, um, and then I think, well, really, I guess when I got into Pilates, when I was, I guess, technically high school, I would like go to the gym with my mom and do like, you know, step aerobics and Pilates and all the things that you do in like the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh-huh. And, um, and then in college, I really got into teaching Pilates. Just, it went well to my dance background. I was a dancer in college too. I was on dance team in college. And, and it was really, um, I loved it. And it was a good way to make just like some side money. So that was my job. I, I taught Pilates classes. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Again, I, I really, I've always loved the human body and learning everything about the human body. So everything just kind of fell into place just from my love of dance and my love of movement and learning about the human body. That's great. And when did you start your podcast? Yeah, so I started my podcast um, in 2020. So COVID, along with, you know, a lot of other people who are listening, pushed me into doing a lot of things I kept saying I was going to do. It's like, hey, well, you know, we're at home now. Might as well start the podcast. I keep saying I'm going to do. And so 2020 was the year I got it started. And um, yeah, just kind of grown it ever since. I think 2020 has been a year for a lot of people to start becoming more conscious of the nutrition. Because yes, when you're sitting at home with more free time, You can no longer use the excuse that you don't have time to think about it. Exactly. I, for one, did boost my interest in nutrition and fitness during this time, right in March of 2020, when I had, um, yeah, I I was suddenly stuck with the need for more projects. And I actually um, got some online certifications. I got my um, EQF5 level certification in sports nutrition and another one in um, 
I guess, uh, weight training. So, um, mm -hmm. strength training. And I was just like, gosh, yeah. this is, this is fantastic. This is a great way to spe spend, um, spend your time. And yeah, yeah, ever since then, sure. my own interest has grown and I only started this podcast back in October. So I guess it took me a while to come up with the idea where I figured I could actually, I could actually do a podcast about this. Yeah, totally. There are so many other great podcasts out there that I've listened to for inspiration. And I've recently found yours and it's awesome. You talk about so many great things and bring on so many good guests. So Thank it's, you. I appreciate that. It's an it's an ever expanding world. The more you get into it, it just grows and grows. It does. It totally does. So getting to today's topic, I am interested in first tackling what exactly qualifies foods as organic. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So it's um it's kind of a little bit different for produce as it is for meat, but basically produce can be called organic if it's been certified to have been grown in soil that had no has had no substances like prohibited substances applied for at least three years prior to when they harvest the food. And and the prohibited substances are mostly like synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. And then for meat, it's it's um the, the, the animals or the, you know, the dairy products, whatever it is, they haven't been given any antibiotics or growth hormones. Okay. Yeah. I guess when I think organic, I just think, uh, I just think plant-based foods, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I suppose the term organic can expand to animal products here too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So about or, organic foods, um, I think there's a big bubble around this term and we've just said what, I guess, what divides an organic ingredient from from a non-organic ingredient. But I guess what people are really curious to know here is what makes organic foods healthier than their non-organic counterparts? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, in all, in all honesty, and, and I'm sure we'll get to this, I might be jumping ahead, but a lot of times it doesn't necessarily make it more nutritious. And as far as like the nutrients in the food, right? Well, sometimes it does, but it not always. And I think, um, now is it, you know, safer, yes, but I think safer and, and more nutritious are kind of two different things. Mm -hmm. So I would always say go for the organic just because it has less, you know, chemicals and, and um, you know, toxic metals and stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's more nutritious. Now, for meats, especially for animal products, their, their studies have been shown, have shown that, that meats actually are more nutritious, especially in terms of omega-3 fatty acids, because you're feeding the cows, you know, their organic farming is how they're they're raising the cows, and so the the use of you know grass and um, like really premium like feed for for those cattle for the organic cows is going to result in higher levels of omega threes in those animals, and um, and then the animals who have been raised and, and slaughtered more humanely is also going to change um, you know the the nutritional density of those animals as well. But there, studies have shown that there is there is a, as a moderate increase in some nutrients in organic pro, um, produce, and it really depends where it's farmed. Like it really depends on the quality of the soil. But I think the biggest thing that makes it safer and in some in some cases more nutritious is that you're you're getting rid of a lot of you know the pesticide residue, obviously, which is super toxic. You're getting rid of toxic metals that are in 
um, like just poor soil and can be left in the soil from pesticides and fertilizers and stuff, synthetic fertilizers. And so you're, you're reducing the risk of that, like, overconsumption of toxins and um, pesticide residue. I actually heard from some different people that they don't really believe Mm -hmm. that the organic sticker on something, or if you go to the produce section and you go to the organic section, they don't really think that that produce is actually different from the other stuff and that it's actually just a scam to charge more money for produce. Do you think there is any kind of scamming going on or is this very regulated? You know, it is very regulated. And, and, you know, the FDA pulls a lot of stuff on us. So who really knows? But it really is regulated. And and really, my my recommendation is always, like, if you're, if you're concerned about, like, the authenticity of things in the grocery store, go to the farmer's market. And even, you know, the, the farmers who don't necessarily have like or, their, their produce labeled as organic, a lot of times it is organic at a farmer's market and they just have it. It's, it, it takes, it's really expensive to get that, that stamp of approval to be certified organic. And a lot of small farmers, they, they don't, they don't want to make the investment. It's a lot of money. And so if you go to the farmer's market, most often they are raising their, they're growing their food organically. So I feel like that's like the safest way to do it. Um, but yes, I mean, it is very regulated, but I always trust the, the farmers at the farmer's market more than, you know, what's going on in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing that I'm curious about is about uh, the science surrounding organic produce. The negative impacts potentially from getting pesticides or other harmful materials into your body from these sources, are, th- are there a lot of scientific studies or sources of evidence that show direct negative effects of consuming non-organic produce? Yeah, yeah. So you can go, so if you go to the Environmental Working Group's um, website, which is also where you can find, like, every year they put out their Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen of, like, the, the produce that you should you should buy organic or the ones that, like, aren't as important that have, you know, lesser incidence of pesticides. But if you go to the Environmental Working Group's website, you can find a lot of studies on, and on very specific um, like preservatives and additives and pesticides and all of that and, and what it does to the body. Um, and, and there are, there are lots of studies that, that show like what the effects really are. Um, just like, I mean, if you go to there, there's a lot of banned substances in like Europe, for example, there's a lot of substances that are banned in Europe that are totally legal here because Europe has, has like stuck to the science and seen like, Oh, well, these things cause neurological issues and these things cause, you know, disordered behavior in kids. And so they've, they've banned a lot of substances that still have yet to be banned here in the United States just because it's so politicized and stuff. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the rules are here. I'm actually in Australia. Hmm. Um, I, I moved here around Christmas time and I've had to familiarize myself with different products that the food labels look weird yeah things like that <laughs> they still do have organic sections and organic produce uh, that's definitely a thing here yeah but i'm not entirely sure how much the the average consumer here thinks about it or how popular it right. is so right. i guess that makes me think that makes me want to ask when exactly did awareness for organic food products begin and when did people start to consider it or when did organic food sections become a thing in the store yeah i mean really and and if you think about it this is i feel like this has been you know very recent in very recent years it's really become a thing and i think a lot of it is there are more 
groups like the Environmental Working Group and like other um, like different nonprofits and just um, I want like influencers and using air quotes influencers that have really brought things to light to show you know what kind of chemicals are putting in our food and what the effects are. So I really think, you know, in the past decade, it's really blown up just people becoming more aware of what's in our food and being more aware of, um, you know, how, at least here in the United States, um, a lot of these, you know, big farms are controlled by government subsidies and, and, and how all, you know, that's being controlled. They're controlling, you know, how they're growing things and how that's affecting quality of our food and all of that. So really in the past decade, it's really blown up. And, and you do see because, I mean, if you think about it and here in the United States, like Walmart, for example, Walmart has always been Walmart and now Walmart has an organic section, right? So, I mean, it's, it's really, I think people are becoming more aware and people are looking for that. Like they're, they're more conscientious about what they're buying and the quality of the food. And, and they, they know it's like, you know, they're, they're not really pulling the, the wool over our eyes anymore. Like people are aware and people know the things that are in our food and they want to pick, you know, they want to go for the better quality stuff. You did jump ahead a little bit earlier, but I'm going to catch up to you now because mm -hmm. I think that this is one of the most interesting topics in nutrition is talking about where the food industry likes to mislead us mm -hmm. or when we think we're eating healthier products when we're actually not. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that the food industry can sometimes use the organic label as kind of a misleader, especially in processed foods where they'll say, mm -hmm this is made with organic something. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that make that magically makes it healthier. But right. if, you look at, if you look at the nutrition label, then you're still buying something that's loaded with sugar, yep. loaded with preservatives. Yep. It, just because it's made with an organic ingredient, it doesn't mean anything. But you think that the food industry likes to do this as a method to, you know, get people to buy their products? Oh yeah, totally. hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all good marketing, right? And just like I tell my clients, you know, I work with, I kind of teach from a plant focused perspective, not necessarily making ready plant based, but more plant focused. And I tell them that all the time too, like, because the big thing now is labeling everything. Oh, it's plant-based. Plant-based doesn't mean it's healthy. It means it doesn't have any animal ingredients in it. So it's the same thing. It's all clever marketing. And they, they know what buzzwords to use. Like they know what people are looking for. They know what the fad is that people are looking for. So yeah, it, organic is, I mean, you can have, you know, there's organic cookies and organic, you know, lots of, like you said, processed food, cereals and stuff that have like pretty much zero nutritional value, but they're made with organic ingredients. Now, are they better than the, their non-organic counterparts? Sure. It's going to be better quality, you know, flowers and all of that stuff. But again, it, it doesn't mean it's, it's nutritious. How do you think that we should best inform ourselves when we're trying to assess if there's an organic label on a product or some other misleading label, perhaps plant-based, whatever it may be? What do you think the best defense is to falling into these marketing traps? I mean, really, it's all about reading the label. Like if you just get used to like being that person, I saw a meme the other day, like making fun of people who stand in the aisle and read the labels because it's totally me. I'm like, wait, other people don't do that. But if you just get used to reading the label and really understanding what's in food, if you can't pronounce the word or if it's not a familiar term, like an actual food, then you probably shouldn't be eating it. So people can just get used to reading the label and going for the things if you're, if you're going to buy a food that's, you know, in a package or a box or bag, whatever, like it should be real food that's in there and it should be as few ingredients as possible. So, um, understanding what the label says, understanding what the ingredient label says. And, and when you're reading the label, all the ingredients listed, the, the things, the 
the ingredients that are in there the most are going to be listed first. So you also want to realize that too, because if sugar is the first ingredient, that means there's a whole lot of sugar in whatever it is you're about to buy. So just understanding how to read a label, I think is, is really crucial to knowing, you know, kind of getting past that clever marketing thing. I read a statistic that over 50% of average consumers either do not look at a label or don't know how to read one. We actually covered that on episode five of my show where I went through how to read a food label because I I couldn't really find a way around that. And then we did also talk about um, marketing schemes and how to look at foods and judge if they're healthier or non-healthier than you think they are just by um, packaging propaganda. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's such a great lesson because, and and again, like when I saw that meme, it made me realize too, like, Oh, more people don't know how to read labels than you think. Like people don't. I, yeah, I don't, I believe that statistic hundred percent. I think one of the big barriers to the whole organic thing for most people is that organic food is always associated with, with being more expensive. So how do you recommend that people could consume more organic foods without breaking the bank? Yeah, that's a good question because a lot of times it is. But I will say, and I feel like it's just in the, been in the past, maybe, honestly, I would say in the past four or five years that that more organic foods have become more affordable. And in terms, because I mean, used to, like you would go to Whole Foods and like an organic cucumber is like $5. Like I'm going to buy a $5 cucumber. And so I feel like now they've, they've really... Um, I kind of adjusted things where it's like not as crazy. Like nobody wants to spend five dollars on a cucumber, um, but but really, I think it, again, going back to what I was saying before with the Environmental Working Group's website, if you go and you can download their list of the clean fifteen and the dirty dozen, and that's a good way to do it. And I, I typically recommend that to my clients too because you can look on there and it's the dirty dozen are the ones where you has the most evidence of pesticides and chemicals and stuff. So those are the ones you really want to buy organic. And then the clean 15 are the ones that have much less, most of them that have like a, like a, like tougher outside layer, like, um, like, uh, like, like avocados, right? It's, it's got that skin on the outside that protects the inside of it. But those are the things that you're, you know, it's safer to get not organic. And so you can kind of save money that way. Um, and just really knowing what things are going to have the highest level of pesticides and chemicals on it and, and choosing it that way. Going to the farmer's market could be a way to reduce mm-hmm. costs on organic produce too. Totally. I mm, totally. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, because, you know, a, a lot of companies, they're making up for that cost they had to pay to get that, you know, certified organic seal. And they're passing that on to the consumer. So when you go to the farmer's market, most of them are still growing their stuff organic, but they don't have that, you know, they don't have to pass on that extra cost to the consumer. So it's, it's really is a great way to save money on organic produce, organic, organic food for sure. Okay, yeah, those are excellent tips. Can you repeat again what that website was? That yeah, it's mm-hmm, it's ewg.org, the Environmental Working Group, ewg.org. I'm not familiar with their website. I'll have yeah, to check totally it out. Yeah, totally check cause... it out. And they've got such great resources. I mean, they've got all sorts of articles, and they, they do put out really good studies where you can look at scientific studies on, you know, different additives, preservatives, chemicals, and all that, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a really good resource. Mm-hmm. That that is pretty great. I am a scientist. I I'm doing my PhD in marine biology of all things. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I definitely like to see the the science backing up popular health claims, not just what you see thrown out there on a, on a Google search. Yep, totally. <laughs> I think that we definitely covered the basis here about organic foods and that 
my audience here will have a much better idea of how they should think about organic foods. But before we leave our interview today, I would like you to talk about where my audience can find you on the social media world. Yeah, so I am probably most active on Instagram. I'm at the Hope Pajaza. And then I also have a free Facebook group. It's Live Wholesome and Healthy. And it's just for all things holistic nutrition, holistic living, and um, wellness. And where can they listen to your podcast? Yeah, you can find it pretty much anywhere you download your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, any of any of the, the podcast hosts. And it's um, Hopeful and Wholesome is the name of the podcast. Hopeful and Wholesome. I really think the name is creative there, given that your name is Hope. I'm sure mm-hmm. that was planned. Thanks. <laughs> it was <laughs> great I'm so happy you were able to join me for this talk thank you so much for accepting the invitation to be on this show and I will contact you again in the future if I want to pick your brain about some other juicy topic yeah thanks so much for having me I appreciate it there you have it everyone that concludes today's interview Sitting here over a week later after recording that episode, I have to say that I have visited a couple more of my local farmer's markets. I do absolutely love going to the farmer's market to get my produce. It's a lovely tradition to go and buy food outdoors instead of in a supermarket setting. I was inspired by by Hope telling us that we can get healthy organic food this way. And yes, you can definitely get a better price than you can inside the walls of the supermarket. With that, I will go ahead and remind you to please keep tuning into this show. I really enjoy producing this for you, and I like you all to become in tune with your better selves, really engaging with your own well-being by taking charge of your own decisions. And I hope that this podcast helps you do that. You can also follow my Instagram. I'm at is this actually healthy? No punctuation in that. Please tune into that if you want to keep getting helpful health tips and promos about my future upcoming episodes, all my good stuff I post on Instagram. I would love for you to get involved, to message me, comment on my stuff. I am all for that. Besides following me on Instagram, then you can also leave a rating for this show that would help me out tremendously, help it to grow and reach the ears of more people. That is how podcasts grow organically so that I can get get more of you here each week. I hope you have best of luck in your nutritional journeys, and I will see you again next week.